0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Hello, welcome to the show. Jim, how you doing?
1: I'm well. Happy game day. Happy Tuesday. Terrific Tuesday. Tomato Tuesday. Tequila Tuesday. Tyson Tuesday. Tyson Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Yep. And game day Tuesday. Shark Tank Tuesday.
0: It's the late one. Tank Tuesday. Local time, 730 pregame show. 9.30 Nine thirty uh, puck drop. Nine thirty. Are you going to be all
1: right in the morning? Oh, run? You might can't. as well just go
0: through the night. You know what? I might as well just not sleep. Just ride it out. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's just probably a just better like option.
1: you did in college. Just sort of like around around the end of the third period, just
0: go. We should just stay up. I I've never been an all nighter guy. Ever? No, eh? no. not even uh, back then. Not even back then.
1: You seem like an afternoon rager though. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: That's usually where I get my best work done. Uh, my best work done. Winnipeg Jets taking on the San Jose Sharks and the Tee Everything Up. We're joined by Dan Rezanowski, the uh, Sharks play-by-play man. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great.
2: It's a beautiful day for hockey.
0: Always Hi, is. Always is. Yes. So, um, where are the San Jose Sharks right now after the road trip that they just had?
2: Well, that's kind of an open-ended question. I'd say, if I gather what you mean, I'd say that uh, uh, they're in a pretty darn good frame of mind. They're in a a frame of mind in which they become a team. Uh, They're working together. They're giving it everything they have, and uh, they're not getting intimidated by the challenges that they're they're facing. And you know, that's that's a good thing to have in the National Hockey League. They're in a state of rebuilding the franchise and that's really more of the general manager's job my career than it is the players and the coaches but the players and the coaches on the ice are giving it their absolute best and they get along well they work together well and as I said this this uh this recent string of comebacks that we've had Mm -hmm. has been kind of a fantasy world in a way but by the same token it's been earned by the fact that they've become a a real team.
1: Yeah, Dan, I wanted to ask you about that. You've been around, uh, which is hard because you're only 25 years old, but you've been around for a lot of years and seen a lot of good San Jose Shark te- teams and a lot of uh, hockey over those years. What has this season been like given the way they started, some of those epic losses by multiple, multiple goals? And then what you've seen now where they've put together some winning and, and, and some better play and some, some come from behind wins.
2: Well, it it sort of brings me back to the earlier days of the Sharks, the last time that we were through this. And, of course, I've been here from the very, very beginning, so I've seen all of the uh, eras of of Sharks hockey. But, you know, uh, it it really reminds me of those days uh, when – You're not necessarily going to be in the playoffs. You're you're pretty realistic about that. But by the same token, you're not ever going to give up and you're going to push forward. And there's a real sense of optimism about the direction the team is going. That's the most important thing. Everybody uh, sees what what Mike Greer's vision is for the team. Uh, They already know they've got a great owner in Hasso Plattner who's going to support whatever is necessary uh, for the team to get back to where they belong. And uh, let's not forget that you can't take for granted those years that you were a contender for the Stanley Cup. And the Sharks um, have a record over t- over 20 years, basically, that most teams would kill for. They just didn't have that ultimate prize. But uh, still a trip to the finals in 2016, multiple trips to the conference finals, and uh, two of the greatest hockey players that have ever slaced on skates and Joe Thornton and Patrick Marleau played here. So, um, you know, we- we've seen it all. I- like I said, it reminds me of, some of those days, uh, maybe in the early years when the team was at the Cal Palace or, uh, or actually even in the late nineties, just before Patrick Marlowe got here um, when the team was again, taking a dip and not in a, in a good position in the standings. But I like a lot of the direction that they're going. I think that it's a, it's a positive thing. And in many respects they're ahead of where some of those teams were.
0: Have you talk- all that kind of adds up to uh, enhanced uh, confidence here, Dan and that is trans- translated into some goal scoring. I think over their road trip, they were 4.33 uh, average goals, which I think was only behind Boston. Um, wh- Where does that kind of come from? How is that confidence translated into into scoring?
2: I think it's coming from um, a real dedication to the system that David Quinn wants from his team. He wants his team to be um, uh, closing up the gaps, he wants them to be very aggressive for checking. I know that Derek Willan, the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings before the game, said that that, that was one of the aspects that, that he was most impressed with with the way that the Sharks were playing, was that they were relentless in their, in their forecheck pressure. Um, and they were also helping uh, getting back into the neutral zone and, and helping out the defense alignment and the stand up at the blue line and slow things down a little bit. So I think that that's part of it. They've also gotten excellent goaltending. And I know that the numbers don't necessarily play that out in terms of safe percentage and goals against average. And why would they when, you know, you're giving up uh, five, you know, four goals to to Vegas with a shootout goal, you're giving up uh, six to the Rangers, et cetera, et cetera, but you're scoring goals and they, they, they know that that's not sustainable. You're not going to outscore your problems, but the goaltending has come through with some outstanding games and uh, most notably of late, but also Mackenzie Blackwood. If you look at the advanced stats, he's uh, facing as many high danger chances as any goalie in the league, and he's making saves in the, in those situations. So um, I think that that was a problem that, that, that they didn't exactly have solved in the last maybe two, three years. And now they seem to be doing much better in that department with a little more depth in the American league with some of their young goaltenders too. So, I think that, that, that those are a couple of the combinations of things that have combined, that have made it, uh, uh, you know, a little bit better in terms of the overall competitive nature of the club.
1: How do you think they match up with the Jets tonight?
2: Well, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, um, Winnipeg is an outstanding road team, as you know, and I, I just think that the big issue is, you know, how long is Kyle Connor going to be out? That was kind of an ugly knee-on-knee situation. And, uh, and he's somebody that always kills the Sharks, uh, somebody that, uh, that always seems to be at his best. Same thing with Nikolai Ehlers, that, you know, that, that top line that, uh, that, that the Jets have had uh, before Connor got hurt. Very, very solid. And of course, we got some old friends on the team and Brendan Dillon and Dylan DeMello that we know very well and respect so very much. And Adam Lowry grew up in San Jose when his dad, Dave, was playing here. So there's a lot of familiarity, at least from the fans and, and the broadcaster standpoint. Alex Ayafalo, somebody that always seems to play really well against San Jose when he played with Los Angeles, and doesn't matter. I mean, I, I suspect we might see Brassois tonight, but whether it's you know, Hellebuck or Brassois, good goaltending, I, I, I just think Winnipeg's a really good team, and uh, one that the Sharks are going to have to uh, deal with a lot of problems. You know, they're going to have to be uh, out of the box. They're going to have to make sure that that core checking that I talked about is, is, is very much on point, that they're on their toes, and to me that's, that's the key for the team.
0: I love hearing the slap shots in the background. Uh, really adds to the ambiance of the conversation here. Uh, Dan Rosanowski joining us, uh, Sharks play-by-play, man. Um, some question marks about some players. Uh, William Eklund, uh, Anthony Duclair, Mark Vlasic. I know he had a leave of absence. Uh, personal matters, what didn't play in the last game. Uh, do you know anything about that? Any updates on some of the Sharks players and if they'll be, find their way into the lineup?
2: Yeah, the, the two guys that, that that are the largest area of concern in terms of injuries are both Anthony Duclair and William Eklund. Eklund tried it in the pre-game skate and at the last minute was held out of the lineup. And as it turned out, the reconfiguration, because of his absence, led to Mike Hoffman scoring two goals, which was interesting against Vegas. But but on the other side of it, Duclair uh, had that contact with uh, Keegan Colasar right at the very start of the second period. Didn't play the rest of the game, in fact. And I'm sure they probably had him in protocol for part of that, but they decided to hold him out. Um, I'm told that he was very uh, very early to the rink at, uh, uh, at the meeting this morning before everybody else, so that tells me that he wants to get back in and wants to make sure that everything's okay. But we don't have any indication of that yet because there's only a couple of guys on the ice right now they are going to be coming on in just a few minutes. We'll have a better idea on that. And same thing with Eklund. Um He had a lower body injury that, that, that he was dealing with, and so hopefully the time off has given him enough to get back in. And he's been really good this year. Uh, As for Mark Edward Vlasic, veteran defenseman, been around a long time, um, had a personal matter that he had to deal with. I think that that's over with now. And, again, if I see him on the ice this morning, that tells me at least he's ready to go. But he's been the the odd man out in recent games. Uh, He came back in the lineup and played very well. In fact, we were kind of joking about it after the game because he took a penalty, which is really rare for him. And uh, the Sharks scored a couple of shorthanded goals, and he came came out – uh, he came out of the penalty box actually, and ended up getting a headman feed from Kyle Burrows and an assist on a really important goal. So after the game, he was joking with us. He said, "Yeah, most important penalty I ever took in my, in my entire <laughs> NHL career." But uh, you know, that, that's that's uh, that's typical Vlasic, and I think that uh, I I think that he he's available when he plays. He can be effective, but he's just not a what you would call a top four defenseman these days. He's coming near the tail end of his career, but what a career. And he still has a lot of value that he can provide a team.
0: Yeah. And uh, Dan, just before we let you go, um, I, uh, you know, knowing your reputation, uh, just wanted to, you probably uh, might be tired of hearing about it, but congratulations for the uh, Foster Hewitt Memorial trophy that you received uh, last month. So congratulations
2: for that. It's it's, it's, it's a great honor. I, I have to tell you, it's the highest honor that I could ever imagine in broadcasting and you know, for me, just being in the NHL and calling one game is a privilege. The fact that I've been here for 33 years and have been continuing to do this uh, is just a, a special privilege. And uh, it was such a big honor to go to Toronto and have an amazing time and then come back here right after American Thanksgiving and have a little ceremony before the game against Montreal, Uh, met the world to me and my family, and I thank you so much for that.
1: Yeah, well-deserved, Dan. Congrats. Uh, Only second to the San Jose Sharks Christmas video from years ago that still will come out at this time of year.
2: Oh, yeah, holiday sweater. We're probably going to play that (laughs) up at some point in the next couple of days.
1: Congrats, Dan. Well-deserved.
0: Take care. Thank you uh 204-780-6868 204-780-6868 he raps you know, he text- and he's Christmas a multi- multi-talented uh, individual multi-talented individual Winnipeg pregame starts at 7:30 puck drop at 9:30 Winnipeg Jets San Jose Sharks uh, San Jose coming off a long road trip here, Jim, and I think the Jets kind of have them right where they want them. Feeling a little bit confident, and I think the Jets, if they get on them early, I think this can be a game they can take advantage of and, and win handedly. But records aside, all that you know, they, they got to come out and win this game.
1: They got to play hard, and, and we're going to get an update later. But on Kyle Connor, we're going to talk about that next. But it's there's some questions around this game for sure.
0: We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Well, we're definitely going to talk about Kyle Connor in the next uh, segment. Where do the Winnipeg Jets go from there? Is there going to be a call-up? There hasn't been a call-up so far today. Cody to wants to see. know if
1: there's any news. No news yet. No news
0: yet. Not to one after one thirty, and then we will get to ASAP. Uh, but another Canadian team, the Flames blowing a third-period lead, 5-3 lead. Uh, less than eight minutes, well, but less than nine minutes to go. Allowing three goals in just over four minutes to lose to the Avalanche, 6-5. The Flames have lost four of their last five. They have the Golden Knights tonight. Uh, Several of their players at the top of the trade bait list, according to TSN, Elias Lindholm, Chris Tanev, Noah Hattifin. Where are the Calgary Flames right now, Jim Toth?
1: Well, to steal a line from any given Sunday, they're in hell. Yeah, We're in hell, boys. They're in a real bad spot. Um, now, Ryan Husk is too young to walk around the room and say, I basically drove away everyone who's ever loved me. I <laughs> you know, pissed away yeah. all my money and blah, yeah. blah, blah. He's way too young of a coach, and that's why I wonder why. I mean, they brought him in for the younger. It's time, right? Now, there's no rush, but clearly the way they play, the way they lose games, the way they give up goals in, in short periods of time. Tanov is now out, which is one of the guys that I would assume they're going to – I heard they want to yeah. re-sign, but, but look at trading – that's a guy you want to keep. There's no can. rush because the season is what it is in my mind, and they have a brand-new coach who's there for the younger players. They've got a lot of young talent, but that but some of it's you know not ready to make a difference. They're ready for the NHL, a lot yeah. of it, but not ready to make a difference. Um, and so I just think it's time to slowly start getting what you can get and go in this direction uh, or a new direction.
0: I look at the Calgary Flames, and a lot of the season, Jim, was about – Who Jonathan Huberdeau was going to be this year, and when I look at him and I see his stat sheet, I mean it's not it's not like it was last year. But I mean he's got four goals, fifteen points, twenty eight games. I know this is something we've talked about before. We only got fifteen seconds here. I don't think he likes Calgary, and I I I think you honestly need to look at a way to move him if that's even possible.
1: Well, it's not. It's not ten and a half million dollars. He's got fifteen points. What do you do? You have to eat it. You have to find. You have to go this new direction. And you have to make him the focal point around this young talent. And his days of scoring 100 points are over. And just say, if you can get 60 and help these guys develop. But he is lost, right? Oh. And here's the thing, Cam. He's I don't know be if it's so as much though. as he doesn't like Calgary. Is I think he misses Florida. I honestly believe that he was stunned by that trade. And I don't think he's ever recovered from that. And I don't know that at all. It's just my perception of watching him play in his style that I think he thought he and Barkov would
0: be there forever. He's going to be there until 2031. they got to figure it out. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.
3: Minus 10 at 680 CJOB as we get you back to a game day edition of Jets at noon.
0: Oh, yeah, Skyler. 730 pregame show, 930 puck drop. Late night for Cameron Poitras coming up. Horrendously late night.
3: What's the... What's the game plan? You show up, because you're here at about 5, right?
0: Yeah, I wake up at 3.30, though.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah you go to Cam Poitras, everyone goes to the gym before a 5 a.m. shift. This He, he is the most crazy man at 680 CGO. You if go I,
1: to the gym before your 5 a.m. shift? Every day during the week. I should have said,
0: basically, is you go to nuts? the gym? Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's a shock. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <clears throat> oh, you're tired today so already. So I
1: can tired. tell you're not giving it to me, Cam. Big nap. You're not today giving me the glow. It's
3: a big nap. You, you're staying up for the whole thing. See uh, if I if I was filling in for you tomorrow, I think I'd like watch a condensed game in the morning
0: or something like. Well, you know what? That's why I'm so dedicated to this craft.
3: Yeah. And that's yeah. This is why I'm in the news booth and you're in the big boy chair there. That's why you have the passion. That's why you got those 16 gold bracelets on your left arm right now. You
0: know, 17. But who's counting? No,
3: sorry. Can't see that much.
1: What do you uh you got a big night too? You gotta to work and then work and then you got a, a beer league game again. Yeah, the old eleven ten puck drop. The eleven oh ten God. puck drop on a Tuesday. I'm gonna miss the whole Jets game. If you want to know passion for the game of the sport of men's ice hockey or women's ice hockey, you have the eleven ten Tuesday night puck drop. Yeah. And I promise you there's somebody on your team that shows up and goes, let's go, boys. Let's get it done on a Tuesday.
0: What's worse, the 1110 or the Saturday at 630 in the morning?
3: Well, I haven't had that since I was eight years old. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I see. I think the worst because there's definitely guys in the Dakota League that play the 1110 probably on Friday night and then take their kid to the 630 Saturday morning. Like that's a trooper. Well, yeah, move. they do. That's you have to do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. What, they uh, they give us cap? free pizza after the eleven ten p.m. game. <laughs> of course, you so. get up and just take your
0: kid. You call an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> you get in the Uber. Tell me when you text me when you're done.
1: <laughs> Daddy had a hattie last night at twelve thirty in the morning. <laughs> I mean, so
0: yeah, boys, you get in the Uber. Boys went to the
1: pub
3: last
0: passed, night. Passed a <laughs> you're couple around in someone
1: skates. Today. I, and I'm serious. I commend that. I used to play senior men's sports, and when you had those Wednesday, Tuesday night eleven. Eleven fifteen starts. That's dedication yeah. to the sport. You love playing. We had it on
3: Friday night, same time, eleven ten. Love it on Friday. Friday night. night's Girlfriend's awesome. Girlfriend's
1: already in bed, so the boys just go
3: over to the, the neighborhood, water the hole cat, after, and the
0: cats away. Nobody's
3: offended, and then you know
1: Tuesday
0: night or it's you be meet a different
3: her.
1: You meet her at the club, and can you drive me home? Oh, how'd you get this hammered already? <laughs> I just got here. Can I have one? Thanks, Skyler. Cheers, boys. 204-780-6868. This is almost like a counseling 204- for <laughs> Skyler's relationship on you know what, what not to do. The
0: people that are listening right now. Do
1: not make the same mistakes you know as how, Cam and do Jim. Know, do you
0: know how many people listening right now have been like. Have turned been, off the radio? No, been, I've been through that. <laughs>
1: I hear I've that. Been, I've
0: been in that exact situation, 204. We,
1: we need to start a business where we get senior beer league hockey players to and from games. A shuttle of some kind. Yeah, it's just like a taxi. Yes. Like, uh, where are those bachelorette buses doing on the
0: weeknights? Nothing.
1: <laughs> pick them up. Nobody's having a bachelorette home. bus a Tuesday. So use the bus to get beer league teams to and from.
0: You might be on to something, I'm,
1: This is, right now, if it's on the airways, it's copywritten. Anybody out there with a bus cannot do this. Call unless it, they you, consult Cramerica Industries with Cam and Jim. You
0: should call it Jim's uh, Jim's Bus. <laughs>
1: I think mean, that's the last thing we should call it. Jim's bus. Why not? Uh, we should call it uh, Stairway <laughs> stairway to 11, and we'll get you to your 11 o'clock puck drop.
0: There you go. Dylan, text the show, 204-780-6868. Uh, stay tuned for an update in the next segment. Is there any news to report? Get well soon, Kyle. And we also got one from Neil. Neil, text the show. Hi, guys. Are we uh, calling anybody up? As of right now, no. No one has been called up. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, I mean – Perhaps, I mean, the Moose are in Winnipeg right now. Um, they have a game against the Milwaukee Admirals Friday and Sunday. So I'm wondering if they will call somebody up. I mean, they have Axel Janssen. If you all be on the team right now, uh, you have to think he's going to be uh, finding his way into the lineup. Um, so maybe they don't feel like they're in a situation where they de- – and, they and they've can then they done it before. They've gone 11 forwards and seven defensemen. So I think that maybe they think that it'll be okay and then somebody will get called up when they come back uh, to Winnipeg um, after tomorrow's game in Los Angeles. That's just my perception. That's just the way I'm, u- I'm viewing it. So they might not be calling anybody up for these first two games here. Uh, but I think they will call somebody up at some point. And, and as well, there is no update. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets will be on the ice at one thirty. Um, for their morning skate, which is morning in Pacific time, afternoon here, and then we'll know the, we'll find out the, the latest on uh, on Kyle Connor. So,
1: yeah, we don't know anything yet. At some point during um, the Jim Tull show, uh, we'll get you this. Likely around, probably 2 o'clock, 2.00, maybe if that. It depends. Like if Rick Bonus is on the ice, sometimes during morning skates, if, if there's not too many people taking part or it's optional, the coach will speak while it's going on and things like that, but we'll get it to you as soon as we can for sure. But um, this is interesting, right? Uh, Ken Wiebe, of the Winnipeg Free Press joined me yesterday. We had this discussion yeah. and kind of agreed with everything Ken was saying in that. Look, I, I love the fever around Brad Lambert and Nikita uh, yeah. and uh, the seasons are having and all that, but that's the last, I think they need to play with the moose and continue what they're doing. Um, if somebody's ready, they'll do that. But I think it's Axel Hanson Fialbi who comes back into the lineup Mm-hmm I think they push somebody up clearly, and then they go from there over against the Sharks and the Kings. So um, what it is, I think Gabe Velarde sort of goes up on that left side, or somebody does. Somebody does, obviously. Somebody does. Maybe Cole Perfetti. I think maybe Cole Perfetti goes on the wing with Ehlers and, and yeah. Shifley. You have Ayafalo, um, Velarde, and then you, know, you have to put somebody else
0: yeah. And I, th- I think what's, this is what I, this is what People I had have written. Lines. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I've t- I, this is what I have as a top line. I put, Nino, I bring Nino Niederreiter up to play with Shifley and Ealers. Um, I think you got to keep Shifley with Ealers. They've been finding some, you know, Ealers just getting his stride. I don't think you should cut that down at this point. I think you need to keep him with Shifley. And I think you bring up a guy with a little bit more size. Cause I think that line changes quite a bit without Kyle Connor on it. I'd bring Nino Niederreiter up. Um, Perfetti, Nemesnikov, and Velarde. I'd stick those guys uh, together, keep them together just to find some more consistency, uh, especially with Velarde still trying to find his his legs. I know he had a big goal, but he's still trying to find some consistency there since returning from injury. Iafalo, Lowry, and Appleton had some some early chemistry in the year. I'd bring him up, put him on the third line, and then uh, Baron uh, Gustafson, and then Axel Janssen, if y'all be on the fourth. That's what I would do. That's how I would make things look. That's how I would start things off. We have a texter who's um,
1: suggesting, and I heard this yesterday too, put more Morgan Barron on the top line. Healers Shifley, and Barron.
0: Uh, you know, you know Barron, I like Barron where he is because I think he's been really effective there. He's got five yeah. goals so far this year, um, and he's been scoring. He's had some big goals so far this year. He Here, has.
1: Here's the reason why I like, I, and this is not a knock on Morgan Barron, um, but I, I like to have follow-up there, and it dried up after a bit, but he he has more of the just the touch, the skill. Um, not saying Barron doesn't
0: you, you got to put guys in a position where they're going s- to succeed. Yeah. And I think if you're bringing Barron up there, maybe it'll work for a little while. But over the course of quite a bit of time, I don't think he's going to be able to consistently do it. And you can't expect – no one's expecting Morgan Barron to do
1: that. And if Kyle Connor's out for an extended period of time, a lot of people have said, like, what do you, you – it's going to be a collective, right? Like, yeah. much much like you saw the come-from-behind win in Anaheim, that's what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Niederreiter had a goal. Scheifele had an empty netter. Morrissey, two assists. Morgan Barron had a – had a goal, Mm -hmm. you're going to need a little bit more from your third and fourth line offensively to make up for Kyle Connor. There's not going to be a player like from the Moose or anywhere that gets injected in the lineup or on the top line that's going to all of a sudden produce like Kyle Connor. It has to be a collective. You're going to need more scoring from different players. Not a ton, but if you can get a little bit more from two or three other areas, that's how you compensate for the loss of a Kyle Connor. Yeah,
0: if you're hoping that Lambert or Chibrikov is going to come in here and is going to replace... I don't think anybody believes that he's get, they're going to come in and replace Cal Connor, but they're going to come in and bring something similar. You know, an offensive scoring touch to those lines. I think that's a little bit of too much wishful thinking, right? I think that you, those guys need to stay with the moose. And they need to continue to develop. And I think you bring, I, you know what, if I had to put money on, who's going to get called up from the Moose Gym? It's probably going to be Dominic Toninato. That's, that's who I expected to be, a guy who's played in the National Hockey League quite a bit, um, knows what it is to be in the National Hockey League Can kill penalties in a situation uh, like that. Um, and you know, Or you know, maybe it's time Parker Ford, who had a great preseason, to find his way back up into the lineup. That's going to be up for the Winnipeg Jets. But I think if my money was on it, it would be Dominic Toninato. Um, with sort of my dark horse pick, there would be Parker Ford. Um, if it, if it's his time to to, to be given a well, chance. Well, so. and
1: Dominic's interesting because could you not pop him
0: up there? Hmm. You, you can definitely move him up to a third line role. I I, I think he, he can definitely – see, that's why I think it's him because you know what you're getting from Dominic Toninato, right? Yes. Brad Lambert or Chibrikov comes up um, and, you know, you can't just ex- – okay, hey, guys – You're 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 gonna end. You've been playing fantastic. You're leading the Manitoba Moose right now in points. Right now, you're gonna expect him to go in and score at the NHL level. Not yet. You can't. You can't. You like we just said that. You gotta put him in a position to succeed. Yeah. And I think for the best chance for them to succeed is next year. Okay. Now you're gonna have your opportunity to go up there and and, and find ways to score. But I think the best place for those two players right now is 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 there for their long term um, success. I'm so honored.
1: Dominic Tornado reminds me of Matt Halischuk. Yeah. And Matt Halischuk, you know, played for the Jets in the early years when they came back. He came here, was drafted by the Devils, came here from the Nashville Predators, um, played the world junior team, but yeah. predominantly in the NHL was a 20-point guy, if that. And uh did a lot of damage with the Moose and could go up and down. And, and you know, this year with the the Moose so far. He has six points in nine games. Last year at the Moose, he had 35 points, 19 goals in 50 games. Um, you know, the Jets, he has, Winnipeg Jets played 77 games, Tottenham did in 21-22. Yeah. He had 14 points. So maybe not on the top line right there. I think there's other options for that. Maybe he goes in the third line, you move Niederreiter up. Yeah. And then you have a guy who, who you know you're going to get and doesn't slow down the third line too much, or, or it's, it's, but Niedermayer can play on that. I, I yeah. like Niedermayer more than anybody on that top line on the left side.
0: You, you just lost a guy that over the first twenty 26 games or so has scored seventeen goals, right? So you're not going to find a way to replace that. So how are you gonna how are you gonna keep that goal differential at that same level, right? You got to play. You got to play defense. De- de- the defensive style of the game has to kind of take over, take hold, in the, in the and the Jets need to sort of. You know, not not you know totally start to enclose yourself a turtle against other teams, but you have to understand there's a big part of your scoring threat. Even not even the guys that are going to score, but your scoring threat is, is going to be on. We're, and again, if you're just joining us, we don't know anything about Kyle Connor yet. We're going to hear after 1.30 uh, on the Jim Toth show when the, when the Winnipeg Jets take their morning skate for the seven thirty pregame show and the nine thirty puck drop. It's just a defensive style has to has to b- sort of return. You know what I mean? Like it's just, they, you gotta, you gotta use the, you, I'm kind of confusing myself here a little bit. Cause I'm just kind of talking in circles, but well, um, no, I, I get,
1: I mean, this is what yeah. you do. These
0: are the same
1: conversations the coaches are having since yeah. Sunday night. Is there like, you know, this, that They're. I like Dwayne Gilawoist check analysis, the coach on the post game show in six eighty C when he said tomorrow morning, they'll have a cup of coffee and sit around and yeah. go, what about this? What about that? What yeah. about this? I don't need a a right winger, but he shoots left. So, um, it just, yeah, I don't, I think there's more than enough options. Uh, some people on our text line at 780-6868 are saying Vlad Nemesikov. I like Nemestikov in the middle. Mm. I really
0: do. What um, about, him? yeah, he's, that's when he's been the best. Well, he's just such a
1: smart player. Yeah. Um, and I like that. And I, I like the way Velarde's coming around since coming into the game and, and like not trying too hard is what he yeah. said in the post game. Uh, for what the coach is on, but I like him on the wing. So, um, but there's your options, right? Like you, you can do a Totonato or Janssen or and put them in the third or fourth line. Know what you're going to get, and move somebody from the third, fourth up, and, and do it that way. I have follow. Yeah, if he can go to the left instead of the right, and then you just sort of replace that on the third. He's, um, yeah, he's
0: going to start scoring again. He's been in a bit of a drought here, but he's going to start finding that. This texture says, "I would not mess with the third line." And I suggested, moving need, need a need a rider up there." You know what? That, that might be an option too as well.
1: You might play the third line more because Kyle Connor's out. The thing about Kyle Connor, um, really, is, uh, is look, the goal's for sure, but how dangerous he is. It's the threat. It's it's, how, it's, yeah. it's that threat of him. No matter on the ice. who you put on that left yeah. wing, there's not a like there's a. They're going to be okay, I think, but there's not that threat of this guy's all hands, all wheels, speed can cut through the zone. Like it just, you know, he opens things up for the other guys on the line too, and and things are going to be a little bit easier. No offense, to whoever's going to go up there to to check Shifley and Ealers.
0: Okay, we got some textures that are in support of of, of calling somebody up. This texture says, "How can you be so sure Lambert won't perform on that top line?" That's what this texture says. Uh, who did Kyle Connor, big dog, text and says, Who did Kyle Connor replace when he was called up? Give someone new a chance with and earn some experience. Um, I think where the Winnipeg Jets are right now, they've won four in a row. They're right there. If Dallas and Colorado both didn't win, yesterday, the Jets would be in first place in the Central Division. They've been playing really good. I don't think it's the time to be taking a chance on a flyer to bring Brad Lambert and Nikita Chibrikov out there. I think it's a safer bet to go with who you know, and you know who Dominic Toninato is. Yeah,
1: and we're going to get Daniel Fink on this week, I believe, on on one of our shows on Friday, but I honestly, other than the points, I haven't seen them play. So I can't really comment other than what the points offensively they're doing. I see the highlights and I see the stats. I don't know how their defensive game is. I, so, you know, Brad Lambert could be putting up a ton of points. That's been
0: his... That's got to be... That's so much more I, important. When I
1: saw Brad play in training camp last year, offense wasn't an issue. Yeah. Skill and vision wasn't an issue. Board battles, defense, getting back was a problem. So I don't know if that's better this year or not. So it's hard for me to comment.
0: We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 6-8-CJOB. Well, this texter says, who knows, Kyle Connor might be out only three to five games, question mark? So far, we don't know. We do not know. We're going to be expecting an update on Cal Connery and an MRI yesterday, uh, following the uh, pre the skate. It's weird for me calling it a morning skate because it happens in the afternoon, but that's what it is. It's morning in Pacific time, so it is a morning skate. Yeah. Uh, so the Jets morning skate eleven, which is at one thirty our time. Um, we'll know more after that in the, in the extent of, of Kyle Connor as well at the morning skate as well. We'll have a better idea of what the lines are going to look like and what the coaching staff is sort of thinking things are going to, how they're going to fall out uh, if, you know, depending on how much time or what's going on with Kyle Connor. So all this uh, still remains to be seen. Uh, another player that I'm wondering if he's going to find his way back in the lineup is Nate Schmidt. Is he going to get back in? Uh, he hasn't played. He's missed the last four games. He's been out since Edmonton on the 30th. Um, has not found his way back into the lineup. So these four games the Jets have won, I don't think there's a correlation there. But like uh, he's been out. So what do you think? What do you think about there, Jim? You think this is the time to get Nate Schmidt back in the lineup? Uh, yeah. It, this is such. I think. A- I think. He, I think you put him back in today. I, I really do. I and really who do. comes out, Stanley? Yeah, I think Stanley. Stanley, I thought has been fine. I know, but it's just a situation where somebody's got to come out. I
1: also thought Declan Chisholm has done nothing to get out of the lineup either. Yeah. Um, in 20 games this year, he's got one assist, two penalty minutes, and he's minus four Nate Schmidt. I think you do have to get him back in, in one of these games. Um, and then, uh, obviously it'd be Stanley probably coming out. Mm. It's an interesting problem, right? Like, let me ask you this of Stanley Chisholm. And I know Chisholm's only played two Stanley's only played a handful yeah. and Nate's played 20. Who's been better?
0: Like, if we look at the whole package, everybody together.
1: Like, I, I think Stanley and Chisholm, I, well, I think have they, they up, individually I th- overall been better than Schmidt? I, uh, I And would, Chisholm's only two games. Yeah, so.
0: that's why it's tough for me to pick Chisholm. But I have to go Stanley because if Nate Schmidt was out playing Logan Stanley, Nate Schmidt would be in the lineup.
1: So here's the thing with Logan Stanley that I wanted to tell everybody about the last two games. I know he got walked by Nathan McKinnon. That's not a Logan Stanley thing to me. That's a guy, a defenseman in no man's land when McKinnon got the puck, and that's going to happen a lot.
0: It happened to the Calgary Flames last night.
1: (laughs) But fair fair enough if you want to say, oh, he got walked by McKinnon. Fair enough. He did. He did. Leave that there. Other than that, he he was very good against Colorado. Yeah. Other than that, he was really good against Anaheim. Logan Stanley is going to play in those games, the bigger, tougher, stronger games. If he's not playing tonight, I expect him to play against the LA Kings because they're bigger, powerful. And that's how I think they're going to use him. I think they're going to use him in the games where they want a physical presence.
0: Dan Rosanowski joined us, uh, Sharks play-by-play man, uh, in the first segment of the show. If you missed that, find uh, the podcast on Apple Music, on Spotify. Just go Jets at noon at, like you said, in an email and find us and download the podcast. It's growing every single day. Really appreciate all that work. Real
1: quick, Logan Stanley in six games this year, has zero points, four penalty minutes, and he's plus one. Yeah, he's been good. Including getting walked by Nathan McKinnon. No, he's been good. Like those, That's a good six games for Logan Stanley.
0: I bring up Dan because he said he expected Laurent Brassois to be playing tonight. Do you expect Laurent Brassois to be between the pipes?
1: Yes. So do I. I expect him to play one of these two, and I think it would be against the Sharks.
0: I think you'd want Hellebuck to be playing against the L.A. And Kings. I'll leave you with this
1: thought on tonight's Daryl
0: Evans, uh, on-ice analyst, Uh, A friend of the program is going to be joining us tomorrow at uh, 12.30. Right
1: after his run along the beach. You know, he loves that. I'll leave you with this thought. Cages in the water. You're in the water. Sharks in the water. You have any idea what that's from?
0: Yeah. Anyways, we delivered the bomb. (laughs) Of course, you know, Jaws. One of my favorite movies. (laughs) We delivered the bomb. That's a good one. It's a great line.
1: Yeah. You're going to need a bigger boat.
0: Jets, Sharks, seven thirty pregame show. My roundabout at way of
1: saying Bourgeois will be in. Maybe
0: <laughs> Jim told to take you all the way till three o'clock. Thank you very much to. Uh, oh, Braden's back. What the heck's going on there? Tyson was in. Braden's back. When did you get in there?
1: Oh, I've been in here the whole day. Who's running this trailer park? Yeah.
0: No, we're just trying to mess with you guys a little bit. Okay. Well, thanks, Braden. Thanks, yeah. Tyson, for producing the show. I don't you know, know what's going on there.
1: Are Mister Leahy right around the station? Whoa! Whoa! That's a compliment. You're on a tight ship. All right, we got to go see you. Jets at
2: noon on 680 CJOB.